Hello and welcome to the Greatest Games Podcast, brought to you by 816 Basketball. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Rosefield, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris de Blasio. Thank you, Brian. As always, the Greatest Games Podcast is a chance for us to catch up with basketball coaches from around the country and have them tell us about their greatest game. We don't put any limits on it. It can be their time as an assistant coach, a head coach, B-team coach, whatever they want, just a game that they consider to be their greatest game. Well, today we have a very special guest who just finished his fourth season at Leonia High School, located in Leonia, New Jersey. Coach Stephen Herget, welcome into the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, love the show. Uh, so you guys have plenty of Bergen County uh, coaches on so far, so I'm excited to, uh, to get it started. You ready to join the ranks of Bergen County's greats? Uh, not even close to there yet, but hopefully, hopefully one day for sure. Well, Coach, gotta, I've, heard, I've heard great things about you, and I tell you what, I'm getting my master's degree in Bergen County basketball and New Jersey hoops in general, so I'm excited to talk with you. But I heard, heard you were quite a player back in the day. Uh, a long time ago, uh, definitely uh, had my day. But um, I told my players the last game um, on our state game that I'll, I'll take any day's coaching than over, over playing, for sure. And I had, you know, I had some great games playing and stuff, but I think coaching trumps all. That's an interesting take. Wow, we're gonna have to delve in more into that, huh, Brian? Oh, it's all. I'm always always taken by interesting takes, and yeah, we might we might uh, drill down a little bit deeper when the time comes there for that. That's one. very yeah. I never I've never heard a coach say that. You know, everyone played at some level and at some point, but that's a very man. Yeah, that's really... about that. That's what the show's about for sure. So, Coach, first take us through uh, your coaching resume. And you're not that old, so there hasn't been that many stops on the train yet. But um, No, so um, I played for Allen Park High School. Um, then I went on to play for Coach Fiore at Montclair State. Um, after that, I volunteered assistant for Coach Gabriel, who was my old high school coach, um, who's at Ramapo College now. Um, and then I became freshman coach at Elma Park in 2012. And then from there until 2015, 16, I was a freshman and then JV. And then I was hired at Leonia High School in 2016, 17 here. And I've been there for four years now. You played for Coach Gabriel? Now I feel real bad for you. Uh, man, Gabe is, without a doubt, the best coach I've ever had. And I can attribute a lot of what I am today to him, most, if I could say. Coach Rosefield, Coach Gabriel is about uh, – he's, he's, he's Rudy. He's five foot nothing, a hundred and nothing. <laughs> and he can yell and scream with the best of them. Feisty <sighs> guy, for sure. <laughs> I love Coach Gabriel. Everyone, everyone does. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Coach Brian. So when I was in high school, uh, my two years before my senior year, we had back-to-back six and 16 um, seasons. And we had talent, you know, couldn't kind of figure it out. And Coach Gabriel came along my senior year. And from then, that point, he won six league titles in a row. So he was very, very, very uh, good, energetic. He was young. I think he was like 29, 30 when he got the job. Um, and we just loved him. And about the system, I, I still – I teach my kids today. So, so all right. So, Chris, I'm going to go ahead and jump in here and start our Q&A with that. He's already thrown out some gems that I gotta, I've got to delve into here. So – so coach comes in, coach Gabriel comes in young, energetic. You've given a couple of characteristics of what made him great, but back to back six and 16 seasons with talent, 
and it's no disrespect to the former coaches or anything like that. It's just they were doing the best they could with what they had, I'm sure. Um, but what what made this Coach Gabriel so different? Like I said, you've already mentioned young and energetic, but really drill down a little bit deeper for our listeners what, what made him so different. I guess he – I guess – He's someone that comes in and, um, you know, coming from uh, locally, um, I, I used to go to Montclair State, Ramapo, New Jersey City, Rutgers, Newark College games, just being around here. And when I found out he was at Ramapo College, I was like, okay, that's, you know, it's, it's a nice little, you know, pro- awesome program to be part of. Obviously, he's come from a reputable place. Um, and just him coming in, you could just tell right away his enthusiasm. Um, his, his ability to relate to us right away. Um, and you could tell that he, he just wanted to win. That's what I loved about him. He, he just wanted to win. That's all he wanted. And he hated losing. I never made it, never met someone that hated losing more than, than him. I will tell you someone that hates it more than him, Steven, and that's the guy he works for at Ramapo College. Oh. <laughs> and, and, and Chuck and Coach McBreen, I'm, I'm friends with all of them up there. And yep. Chuck is not a good loser. No, no, he is not. And, um, and you played against him when you were at Montclair, obviously, right? Yes, 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 yes. He, he recruited me as well in high school. Um, and I'm actually sending my, my point guard there to play for Coach Chuck and Coach Gabe. So oh, okay, kind of okay. full circle, kind of scary. Older now. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's good now. So. They are good people and very good coaches. And, Brian, just to, to piggyback what he said off of Coach Gabriel, his enthusiasm. And, you know, I, I make fun of him a little bit for being a yeller or screamer, but – He's definitely one of those guys. He, he, he knows how to push the right buttons and get the most out of kids. Be demanding but loving. We've talked a lot about that, you know, how you can be demanding as a coach, but you still care about your players as people more than just players. And Coach Gabriel's definitely one of those type of guys. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm sure, if, Brian, I'm sure if you walked in a gym at some points and maybe he was, I don't know, he came in late and you saw him yelling, you might think, like, who is this kind of – small guy kind of uh yelling at these referees but you you stay around long enough and you can tell he's special for sure so so coach you said that um coaching is better than playing you'll take any day coaching over any day playing so when did you realize that you wanted to become a high school basketball coach that that coaching was definitely something you wanted to do um very very early on for sure um when i was six, seven, eight, nine years old. Um, obviously, I was getting into basketball camps, things like that. And as I started high school, um, some of the same basketball camps I played at, I would be kind of like a counselor in training or kind of, you know, get my own team when I was 14, 15, while just getting in high school. And I just thought it was something special to have a group of kids listen to you and then carry it out, even if it was, you know, something as small as me coaching, um, you know, summer 13-year-old kids or something like that. Um, and when I went playing through my high school career, um, and I, I, uh, my senior year, I won athlete of the week and I, I put in there that, um, that I wanted to coach, uh, high school basketball and eventually become an athletic director. So those are two things that hopefully I, I still hope to obtain the second one. So. Well, there should be an opening for athletic director at Ridgeview High School soon once they get rid of, <laughs> once they get rid of the bum they have there. I can, uh, <laughs> on the way out, I can certainly uh, share with you what not to do, Stephen. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> so, well, I tell you what, your trajectory from a volunteer assistant to freshman JV now to a high school coach, 
it's it's something that it's it's near and near to my heart. I, I'm interested though. Is there something as a belief, or maybe a, a set of beliefs that you came into as being a young coach and said, "Well, this is what I'm going to do when I'm a varsity coach. This is the way it's going to be." And now that you're a varsity coach, you look back and say, "That's is I was I was dead wrong." Like what what beliefs that you brought in have changed? What are, what are some of those beliefs? Um, so I I mean my my coaching philosophy and, and I teach as well, you know, and, and life. I always try to gain a relationship with someone, um, and try to understand kind of what makes them tick, um, and understand that no two players are the same, um, and understand that you have to build a report with your players and know what they like and find out what teams they like and talk to them about, uh, you know, what coaches they like and what college teams they like. And once they understand that you care for them, they can trust you. And once they trust you, they'll do anything on the court for you. I'll tell you, I've seen that. Uh, obviously, I'm here in Columbia, South Carolina, and Coach Frank Martin at, at USC, man. University of South Carolina, is, is you're right. He is the man. He, he's a master at that. And you you, you mentioned earlier about Coach Gabriel walking into the gym and and, and hearing some 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 loudness, and that, and that's what happens with Coach Martin. But I tell you what, the, each of those kids and, and really all of his staff, everybody around the program, knows that he cares about him, and and he will. He's very honest. I mean that persona that you see it's not even a persona it's who he is in the media is who he is behind closed doors and it really just comes back to what you were saying caring about kids they trust him and they'll run through a wall for him and that's just that's that's what makes great coaches and coach Absolutely. we're gonna get to some we're gonna get to some of your pat gabriel moments we'll call them i don't know if i can tell maybe after no, the call no, i want i want to know if you have ever i mean you're only four years but have you ever um Received a technical foul or broken a whiteboard or a clipboard or anything? In, in I don't know class. if uh, my athletic director, Mr. Parada, would really want me to uh, tell my uh, maybe my first or two years of uh, understanding the officiating game and how it works. Um, I'll tell you a quick funny story. I'll never I'll never forget this. So when I uh, my first year coaching was my third game there and was playing against Coach Tui uh, at Ramapo College. Um, Coach Gabe's got us in that, uh, like a showcase there, uh, where like five or six teams played. Um, and I'll never forget, um, you know, I, I played from the park, you know, me and Coach Tui are, are super competitors. Um, and obviously I was probably a little chippy, um, you know, riding the refs a little bit. And one of the referees' names who I respect a lot, I won't, I won't say on air, um, he came up to me, uh, turned his back and said, this is your first year coaching? And I was like, yeah. He was like, oh, that makes sense. And he just jogged away. And uh, I kind of thought to myself, I was like, what is he? I don't understand what he's trying to say. What, what is that? And then the, 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 after the game, I was thinking to myself, and I was like, I might have to calm down a little bit if I'm going to make it here for you know, the foreseeable future. Um, but that was kind of a, a wake-up call, I guess, uh, a little bit um, to kind of, you know, you're never going to change a referee's call. My parents always told me that. Um, and it's better to get them on your side early for sure, um, and maybe they can help you out later. And that's what I definitely learned as I've gotten um, as I've gotten older. You got to pick your spots. That's that's what you have to do. That's interesting. Um, that's really a great move by that official to not go ahead and hit you with the technical right away. Yep. And he knew. I mean, he. I think he. Yeah. We definitely knew each other from you know when I was coaching with Coach Tui. Um, and I, I'll never. I'll never forget that. I, I thanked him. I, I saw him this year. I thanked him. I'll, I'll never forget. Kind of opened my eyes a little bit. 
because it is you you have referees like that that not only understand the rules of the game but understand the game itself you know mm-hmm. and he, he helped me in, in that moment so i'll never forget that right i think i think officials are there to help as well as do their job but absolutely i think they can help you know young coaches become better coaches and in that moment i mean that's an important lesson that's an, as important a lesson as you've learned probably in your four years, Coach. Absolutely. Picking your spots, for sure. So what would you say to young coaches or even seasoned coaches? Because I may work with some coaches or have seen some coaches that just continually get after officials, continually get after officials. And I'm struck by your awareness in that moment to say, oh, I guess I need to, to, to slow down here a little bit. So what, what advice would you have for coaches just, like you said, building that rapport with officials while still – getting into them a little bit when they, when they, when they need it. So what would you offer to coaches in that regard? Um, so I've been fortunate enough to have a very good uh, assistant coaches, a good coaching staff. Um, and instead of, you know, and I'm frustrated saying something to the ref, I'll just turn, turn away maybe and just vent to my coaching staff instead and get that out. And, you know, sometimes obviously it's not the same thing as if a referee heard what you really wanted to say, but it definitely feels better than getting a technical. So um, that, 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 that for sure helps venting and kind of that kind of also, once you let that out um, and your assistant coach maybe kind of reels you back in, you're like, okay, maybe I did see it another way. And then maybe you go back to the ref and say, you know what? I, I was on the wrong angle. Maybe he hooked him or maybe he was grabbing him and you're right. I'm sorry. Hmm. You can't say, you can't say you're right. I'm sorry enough to referees. That's what I <laughs> All right, Coach, now comes the, the time. As obviously, the uh, podcast is called The Greatest Games Podcast. So um, we've had some coaches on here talk about more than one, but uh, let's have you tell us the story of the greatest game you were a part of as a coach. You give uh, us some background uh, info. Give us as much info as you want on the game, and we'll follow up with some questions. Okay. Um, I have – two really good ones in my mind um the first the first one i would like to definitely talk about is 2014 um i was assistant coach for coach tui at elma park uh, like we talked about before and we were playing in the burn county jamboree uh brian which is um arguably i guess chris can vouch most prestigious county tournament in the state in regards to um you have to be 650 to qualify or getting that large bid, which is which is a pretty big deal in Burton County. Um, so we got um, we we automatically qualified that year, and we played uh, Chris Gaskin, Richfield Park, who you guys had on, um, and we were down thirty-eight uh, seventeen at half, and we were lifeless. And um, still to this day, I, I can't say what exactly he said uh, now, maybe later, but Coach Tui gave one of the best, probably the best halftime speech I've ever heard in my life. Um, and we won the second half 44 to 12, including winning the fourth quarter 21 to two. Wow. I so was we trying to think if I was at that game. We were, we were down 38, 17 and we won the game 61, 50. That's incredible. That's yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm still trying to do the math in my head. <laughs> yeah, I'm down here writing it down. Yeah. I was trying to go before 12 second half. Where was the, where was the game? Uh, that game was at Bergen Catholic, Bergen Catholic. Yeah. I'm trying to think it was, did you have uh, Ryan Velez? 
uh, we had Vishon Polite. That's who we had. Oh, Vishon. Oh, okay. Well, that, that helps. It was him against um, Rodin. Yeah, against Andre Rodin. Right. And, yeah, Vishon just um, – I've uh, seen very few kids take over a fourth quarter like that, and Vishon just put it on. And, and Vishon played at, at Ramapo and where at else? At Ramapo as well, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Rose, DeAndre Rodin, the kid for Coach Gaskin, played here at Division One at FDU. FDU yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Those were- Brian, uh, Vishon led the state of New Jersey in scoring that year. He averaged 29 points a game. Oh, wow. Wow. So he just uh, – we won the fourth quarter 21-2, to two, but it was all – I'll never forget. I think that either we were tied or we, 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 we brought it to one. It was one or the other. We didn't break fully uh, uh, to the lead yet. And Vishon did a rip-through baseline uh, dunk, which sent the crowd into a frenzy, and, and we never turned back from there. It was – that was one of the craziest games I, I, I've ever been part of. What were as an assistant coach? What were you thinking in the first half? I was, I was honestly just uh, to, to be honest. I was trying to understand why they came out. I wouldn't say flat, but like, what, what, what was the problem? You know, like, what were they? Were they nervous? They never played in that stage before. Uh, um, you know, were they? Um, you know, nervous not letting us down. I, I, I couldn't really figure out like what they just looked like not themselves. Like they were holding back. Um, and I never questioned those kids ever, ever. And I didn't in the first half. It was just one of those things that you've been part of, you know, Brian and Chris, where it's not like you guys aren't playing hard. You're just not playing well, you know? Right. Yeah. So, um, and, and coach Tui came in, uh, halftime and again, uh, borderline, maybe close to passing out. Um, but he gave it his all in there and the kids responded with a 44 to 12 second half. So. So is this a game that y'all were favored coming into it or? I think we were, um, so, so, uh, Brian, so in the Burton County Jamboree, it's usually, they, they did 24 teams this year, but it's usually one through 24, usually one through eight get a buy. So those are usually like the huge big schools of parochials and then like nine plays 24, 10 plays 23 and so on. I would say we were, I were probably like 15, 16, 15, 17, probably evenly matched somewhere in between. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't remember being at that game. I was probably at the other games that day uh, at, the other, okay. yeah. at the other site. But, yeah, I would say those two teams in that era would have been – I mean, you're both group two teams, so, yeah, it would have been an evenly matched game. 15-18, 15-17, something yeah. like that. Yeah, probably a pick em game, you know, if there were lines on yeah. high school sports. <laughs> so that's why it was so mind-boggling when we were, we were down at half and not only we were down, it was just I've never seen them play like that. And, right. It's uh, not like you were playing Bergen Catholic. Yes, exactly. Down. Yes, yes. We're playing a team that very good, but we thought either of us could beat each other. So, and I'm I'm no math. I, you know, business ed is my certification, so I'm still I'm looking at these numbers here. Y'all were still down at the end of the third quarter, right? And there's the fourth quarter just exploded. Yep, yep. And the fourth quarter explo- exploded, right? Absolutely, twenty-one to two. Yeah. So defensively, what what was the what was the change? You gave up two points in the fourth quarter and twelve in the second half. So what was was there any kind of adjustment made defensively, or was it just effort? So, 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 a definitely, um, definitely effort. Um, just coming from the background, uh, I played under Coach Gabriel, Coach Tui, then coached under Coach Gabriel. So, we all had instilled uh, under Coach Gabriel fast pace, trapping, up tempo, trying to average in the seventies, and you're trying to score more than your opponent while also incorporating, you know, strong man-to-man principles. Um, you're not just, you know, getting split and, and giving baseline and, and just letting people do what they want, but 
you're you're definitely setting tempo. That's that's the, that's the point of, of the game. And we set tempo, we set traps, um, and that allowed Vishon to be athletic and kind of roam in free space. Vishon Brian kind of reminded me when I saw him play in high school. He kind of reminded me of Carlos. Okay. Like he, his offense fueled his defense, but then his defense also fueled his offense, and it was very reciprocal. Once once he got going, you know, he would he would make a basket, then head then head the press, you know, be the head of the press, and he yep, yep, pass, yep. boom, get another basket, and then he'd get everybody going. That was it was mm-hmm. very reminiscent of Carlos Power. Great point, and I will add, um, you know, I I've, I've been around, I've seen a lot of great players, a lot of athletic players. Deshaun, once he jumps up and comes down his fast twitch to come back up is the fastest I've ever seen in my life. Mm. Still to this day. It's just like, it's like a pogo stick. It's, it's, it's uncanny. It's just, it's just insane. And for, for our listeners and for you too, Stephen, Chris talking about Carlos Powell, who's a, one of the all time greats at the university of South Carolina came out of Wilson high school in Florence and actually just got the head job that became public the other day. Uh, actually, that would be a couple of weeks ago, uh, Chris, but he's got the head job back at Wilson high school, but had a long career oh, wow, uh, overseas. Cool. And so, um, but you, you hit on something that, and the reason I'm, I'm keying in on that, that defense question that uh, Dave Odom was the coach at the time with, with Carlos that uh, coach Odom would always say the game's going to pay you back. And um, it, it was really a lot of the time was directed at Carlos where he would take a, a possession off defensively and then come down on the offensive end. And guess what? He was going to miss a layup. Well, then once the once his defensive effort started to pick up, now he started to make shots, make shots. And so that's kind of sounds what that's – it seems to me what happened in this game, again, just explode for a, an unbelievable second half, but like you just alluded to, started on the defensive end. Yep, yep. And, and, and that, honestly, it's, it's such, such a good point just to bring up in general. That is what I've definitely learned while coaching is that obviously – you know, people want to value defense and obviously, you know, people say defense with championships and all these things, but especially in high school basketball, you have really good players, but even the really good ones need to be involved in the defensive end to bring the energy and offense. A lot of, a lot of high school players, they're very good, but if they're kind of lax and they're kind of, you know, not, not bringing much energy and, and movement on defense, it translates, translates directly to offense. That's one of the little key things that I definitely learned uh, in coaching is that especially in uh, high school especially when it when it comes to when it when it pertains to coming back to try to explain that to kids is defense is so much more important to offense when trying to mount a comeback oh of course they just look at it as points we need to score points no we need to stop them because they can go basket for basket till the end of time they have a 12 point lead yes yes (laughs) exactly yes and then for me as a coach trying to get across to kids that I mean, listen, y'all are down 21 of the half. It's 38 to 17. It's, it'd be really easy for kids just to throw in the towel and say, well, all right, it's over. But trying to get that point across that, again, back to just referencing Dave Odom, uh, one possession, those possessions keep adding up. And there's tons of possessions. You know, get, get a stop here, get a layup. Get a stop here, get a layup. Yep. You know, trying yep. to get that across the kids is, it's, uh, as, as, as we all know, it's not, it's not an easy thing to do. No, absolutely not. Um, and it's, it's, it's a great point um, that you made about, you know, getting stops and layups. You can't be going back forth, people. Um, that was the second game I was going to bring up um, was the one I participated uh, in the state tournament this year in the quarterfinals against uh, Secaucus High School. Um, so, the, Brian, you don't know this, but they're in our league. Um, you know, we're, 
we were both top three in our league. Um, we played each other twice. We split. Um, this is our third time playing. We're in the same state section. Um, so we went there. We were down 40 to 24 uh, mid-third quarter. And from that point, um, we, we won the third quarter uh, 20 to 4. And we tied it 44-44 and wound up starting the fourth quarter on a 7-0 run to go up 51-44 with about six, six left, five and a half left. So from, I think, Secaucus from mid-second quarter, mid-third quarter went on a 20-6 to six run. And then from the mid-third quarter to about six-minute mark in the fourth quarter, he went on a 27-4 run. So just being part of that run like that and seeing kids get a stop and then a great shot and then a stop and a great shot um, was, was, was very special. Um, that game went to double overtime. Uh, we were up two with 20 seconds left, and they, uh, they hit a three um, with about 15 seconds left in the corner. So we lost in double overtime. But that was for sure um, just – swings you know i remember calling a timeout uh with about six minutes left in the third quarter it was 38 22 um and i, I you know I, I can see in the kids faces I, i've had these kids for four years um this is uh they're, they're they're these are all my seniors that i've had as freshmen when i first got there um and not once did you see quit um or concern or you know right right away when i called the timeout they came in and said coach we're fine we're just gonna get stops and we're, and we're, we're gonna be fine don't worry so that that was um, even before I spoke. That was that was pretty special. In that so where's where does that, that they've never? Yeah, uh, I'm sorry to jump in, but where 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 does that come from? Like, how is is that something that you were fostering, or is that something that's in the water in Bergen County, New Jersey, that, that we don't have down here sometimes? But like for those kids to have that grit to say, "We're good, coach. We got it." Where, where does that come from? So. Um, you know, I, I, I will give myself some credit. Um, you know, I, 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 I feel like I'm the ultimate competitor, as most coaches do. Um, but I'll give them 90% a majority of the credit, as these kids have been playing together since they were about fourth or fifth grade. So this is a situation that maybe they're not used to being in the state tournament in, but maybe in their eighth grade championship, they're used to being down 10 points um, and banding together and, and learning how, how to play and win together. And I, I think that that does matter. And it does doesn't matter the level as long as you're playing together um, and, and winning and coming together for a common goal that that speaks volumes. Coach, here's an idea: get a lead. What's up? You know, I said get a lead. And <laughs> oh, then you, don't, you don't have to worry about all this, <laughs> Chris. It's you're always down twenty. Oh, 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 Chris. It's just it's, Brian. We were, we played um, in our, our our jamboree matchup. Uh, we played Dwight Morrow, who Chris knows is. Englewood is just a, a feeder for, for some of the best high school basketball players in, in the county, for sure. Um, and we were down 40 to 24 at halftime, and we started the third quarter on a 15-0 run. So I think we just like to be behind. I, I, yeah, really. Finding games and just kind of I, – I, I don't know what it is. I will say that we are a second-half team, and I, can't, I cannot figure it out. That's the uh... – Tell those kids they're going to give you gray hairs. You're too young to have gray hairs. I, I, Coach, I, you have no, I must have emailed them two or three times, probably the sides of my hair with little <laughs> gray, uh, gray prickles. They'll attest to that for sure. So, so Stephen, it's funny. We, we had Adam Kaplan on a few weeks ago, and he's a, a licensed psychologist. It's a basketball coach, so I was just super fascinated to hear his take on basketball and hoops and, and the, the, the mind and the psychological side of things. But 
Um, we talked on that episode about there is really a curve for kids to get, you, you want some anxiety, you want some stress. Uh, you don't want them to be just walking in the gym thinking like, oh, we got this game, we're going to win. And you don't want them walking in the gym just on the ceiling thinking we're just going to get hammered and blown out. So how do you as a coach, how do you assess that? <laughs> are, are you able to assess where they are? And then have you figured out some strategies and some things to say, hey, they're a little bit low right now. I got to ramp them up. Or, hey, they are way too high. I need to, I need to let a little air out. Have, have you been able to figure any of that out yet in your young coaching career? So um, I, I will say this, and you know, maybe it's to a fault, but I, I always tell my kids what I'm honestly thinking, and it's it's not it's I don't think it's rude. I don't think it's you know I, I we played West we played Newark Westside um, in the state tournament not this past year last year, um, and you, you don't know much about Newark Westside, but they're in the tournament champions uh, a, a lot of years, which is the top eight teams in New Jersey. They're 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 unbelievable, and we lost that game ninety to thirty. Um, and, and going into that game, I remember texting Kevin DeVario, who's the Don Bosco head coach, uh, who played Westside and his exact text to me was, Hey coach, best press we faced in 30 years. <laughs> I was like, ha, huh, that's, uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so I, 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 you know, I tried my best to repair our, our players. We did half court drills, putting in nine defenders, trying to go f- our five offense to, to better prepare you know, people flying around the court and, and, and preparing for that kind of intensity. Um, so you, I, you wouldn't mail it in those, but I, I told them it was, we need to play a perfect game almost. Um, and, and I think they respect that um, and, and trust that evaluation. Um, and when you get, you know, better this year and, and you play against teams that you should beat, I think that does help when I am telling them, you know, you can't take this team lightly. Um, you know, like I've been part of it, we've seen it. And I think that they trust you and they know not to take things lightly. So I think that all comes from, I guess, accountability and then, I guess, believing in you. Yeah, that's, that's a great text from Coach DeVario. Thank him for that. <laughs> Boy, geez, I wasn't depressed enough going into the game. <laughs> uh, Coach, we'd like to finish it off here with one final question. Now, this question is a little tough for you because you haven't been coaching that long. But if I ask a kid who played for you maybe when you were coaching Elmwood Park and a kid that played for you this year at Leonia, What's the one thing they would say Coach Herget always says to us? It could be uh, uh, an instructional thing. It could be a funny thing. It could be something. You know, what's the one thing when they, when they sit around joking about you, because all the players do, and they all do an impression of every coach they have, and they go, Coach Herget always says blank. At Elmwood Park, um, <laughs> when I was on the bench, Brian, I know, you, I, know I read you were um, an assistant basketball coach. Coach, I'm sure you sometimes chirped a little bit, Chris. Um, I, I try not to embarrassly sound like this, but I, I might have blurted out, um, like, travel a, b- a bunch of times. <laughs> during um, so the little part kids might have uh, might, might hear me say things like that, um, probably mimicking maybe the refs a little bit. Um, that, that was funny. I remember that, that, that the travel call. That was funny. You just brought me back to that. I forgot about that. <laughs> um, well, the Leonia kids – um, I guess less, I guess, I mean, we had the best kids I've ever coached in my life for sure. Um, I guess they remember, I, I would always, I guess, try to get it out of them about adversity and, and just striving through things. Um, and, and I, I would con- try to do these comparisons, uh, stories, things like that, um, about, you know, coming together and being part of something bigger than yourself. Um, so they would probably 
probably say that I'm annoying about adversity and, and character and things like that, which I guess is a, a good thing. I guess. Those are good things to be annoying about. Absolutely. Yeah, you, you can't talk about adversity, teamwork. I think it was was a coach Odom who said he, he's come up a lot this episode, but you can't talk about team too much. So you just you just know there's no possible way to talk about teamwork and being a good teammate too much. So <laughs> I think that's a that's a great thing to keep reiterating. I'll tell you what, too, we might be able to uh grab that audio of you saying travel and maybe be able to somehow promote <laughs> this uh this episode on social I, media. So <laughs> I wish that's that that sound by uh, for sure the Elmo Park 2012 to 14 kids will definitely get a crack. <laughs> <laughs> well, Stephen Hergett, we can't thank you enough for coming in and and talking with us today. It's it's been a, a real pleasure to get to know you and hear about your journey. I know you've got a lot of great things ahead of you in your coaching careers. Again, can't thank you enough for coming on. Brian, Chris, thanks so much for having me. Well, for my co-host, Chris de Blasio, I am Brian Rosefield, and thank you for listening to this episode of The Greatest Games. <laughs>